justify prove to be right or reasonable justification is at the heart of all legal and political argument but at a time when argument itself is slave to appearances it is time to bring back a culture of justification justify a podcast on law and politics in india from the vidhi center for legal policy hosted by orgo sen gupta in just a very few years cryptocurrency has gone from being a niche subject discussed by tech and finance pundits to being a global and kind of mainstream phenomenon worth billions of dollars despite high volatility in prices and lack of clarity in the regulatory framework india's market for crypto grew at an exponential rate of 641% from july 2020 to june 2021 According to a recent study conducted by broker discovery and comparison platform broker chooser India has the highest number of crypto users in the world at 10.07 crores at the same time bitcoin one such cryptocurrency has seen a massive rise in value since the start of the war in ukraine given expectations that russian oligarchs faced with a tanking ruble will pour their money into bitcoin a uk newspaper called cryptocurrency and i quote Putin's sanctions-busting super weapon. Unquote. The Ukrainian government also received over fifty million dollars worth of donations in cryptocurrencies since the start of the war. Clearly, working both ways. Is the growth of the crypto industry a fad or here to stay? What kind of regulatory mechanism for crypto is going to work, and what are its geopolitical ramifications in the context of what's going on in Ukraine? To discuss these issues, I have with me Shahnaz Ahmed. lead of fintech at vidhi center for legal policy and one of the leading thinkers on fintech related issues in india shainaz welcome to justify thank you all for having me great so let's dive right in so why shainaz is the russian invasion of ukraine being called the first crypto war is it uh, an accurate description or is it intentionally provocative I think this is a very interesting issue. Now, I think the Russia-Ukraine conflict, as an unfortunate incident, actually brings home or brings both the two points or the two sides of the debate that cryptocurrency has been witnessing. Let's start with the Russian perspective, perhaps. So, as we all know, there has been a lot of economic sanctions that have been imposed on Russia due to this conflict. Uh, SWIFT, uh, which is an international uh, payment. mechanism or a messaging system for facilitating cross border payments has stated that it will exclude russian banks from its ecosystem so thereby these economic sanctions have rendered businesses traders individuals in russia in some sort of a challenging position because they are unable to transfer funds because of which an alternative that a lot of them are looking at is cryptocurrency now cryptocurrency is being used to transfer funds for cross border payments for you know for even for domestic purposes and all now this is not something new i mean what has all i mean western powers have always had this fear that cryptocurrency can become a way to evade economic sanctions russia is perhaps just an example of how this may happen going forward in the future there has also been reports of how certain countries specifically certain rogue nations have used cryptocurrency to evade uh, sanctions um, especially for the purposes of investing it in their warfare so well, let, i let me, let me stop you there to get into some amount of detail and i'm not an expert on this issue and i'm guessing most list those are not but tell us a little bit about how crypto can help 
evade sanctions or evade the law because i see that a lot of at least from as a general observer cryptocurrency now is out in the open there's there are a lot of exchanges uh, a lot of currencies they seem to be like regular businesses so why is it that uh, there is this fear that cryptocurrency will be able to bypass sanctions or bypass the law sure so the idea of cryptocurrency or rather let's say talk about bitcoin the most popular cryptocurrency was essentially to facilitate peer to peer payments traditionally the way financial systems or payment systems work is that transactions happen through regulated intermediaries regulators policy makers regulate those intermediaries like your banks your financial institutions but what happens in the case of cryptocurrencies is that they facilitate peer to peer payments you do not need intermediaries so once you do not need intermediaries you can have to i mean you can you can sort of facilitate peer to peer payments and that is why there is no need to be a part of the global ecosystem or traditional financial system so you can always work outside that traditional financial system economic sanctions don't really work because you don't need traditional you don't need banks you don't need financial uh, systems to sort of facilitate payments so i think that's where the decentralized nature of crypto facilitates that so tell me then uh, because this has actually been a raging debate what you are saying now the chairman of the fed jerome powell i i, I just saw has also said that this the conflict in russia is underscoring the need for congressional action so to calling for passing a law uh, to regulate cryptocurrencies because it's a growing industry but there is no regulatory framework uh, on the other hand uh, brian armstrong of the cryptocurrency exchange coinbase seems to be one of the larger exchanges says that and makes a very valid point says that it doesn't matter if you if your company handles dollars crypto gold real estate or even non financial assets sanctions apply to all us people and businesses so it would be a mistake to think that crypto currency businesses like coinbase won't follow the law so they will follow the law is what he's saying and he's saying that they screen people who sign up for their services against global watch list they block transactions from ip addresses which might belong to sanctioned individuals just like any other regulated financial service businesses so uh, where does the truth lie because it seems like there is a kind of intermediary like this kind of exchange which is coming into it uh, in crypto so it's not that vision may have been peer to peer but it seems like now there is a layer in the middle that has come out and the layer is saying regulate us and if you want to put sanctions on some people tell us and we will put sanctions on them so is this really a false binary that's being set up so yes i you are correct to the extent that the whole original idea of peer to peer payments that was proposed perhaps today the way it is translating is that you still have some centralized exchanges but i think it's important when we given the risks that are associated with crypto and the russian example is perhaps economic sanctions evading economic sanctions is one way to do it but there are the risks that are associated with it specifically in the context of money laundering tax evasion and there are numerous examples of it there are numerous types of crypto assets that have come up specifically certain crypto assets like privacy coins which have been designed specifically to ensure that there is anonymity in the entire life cycle of the transaction so i think 
the kind of concerns that come up with cryptocurrency exchanges require that they need to be regulated at least the gatekeepers which is your exchanges um, and i think that's where that's why it's important that this entire ecosystem functions within public policy frameworks the more you let it remain outside you run the risk of letting, of allowing the growth of a reckless market i think that's a very valid point as we have to consider it a reality whether uh, folks in governments like it or not that people are are willing to trade with each other uh, in crypto as in we could decide tomorrow to trade with each other in hand sanitizer bottles and that's just a function of the market uh, and if that has taken up some steam then it's necessary that as you for reasons that you rightly said that uh, we bring it into the formal system regulate it and even bigger exchanges are saying that they are happy to be regulated and impose these sanctions but let's look at the other side of the coin this is the side of the coin which is and no pun intended with coin but this is the side which is saying that uh, russian oligarchs are going to now put their money into bitcoin because the ruble is tanking and so they want to use it as a wealth preserving mechanism so that's why bitcoin price bitcoin prices have gone up but the other side of the coin is that lots of ukrainians everywhere in the world are sending money back to ukraine through crypto and the a recent report that i read said that it's to the tune of almost 50 million dollars uh and perhaps one of the reasons why this is happening is because it's so easy it's easy to do and it's in its design it is transnational right there is no nationality that is embedded into its into its system so do you think that this is a wake up call for legacy currency systems to remain competitive and i know that this is a slightly odd question because there's if there's one thing that is a function of your sovereignty then that is the uh, ability to print and have a monopoly in printing a fiat currency but given the fact that this is now under some challenge with a currency that people are accepting that's easier to send money particularly uh, cross country then do you think that this ukraine experience will make fiat currencies and central banks that run fiat currencies wake up and become more competitive absolutely i think uh, the ukraine example as you correctly pointed out is is as a is a good indication of the kind of efficiencies perhaps cryptocurrency or digital currencies issued by private entities can bring in in certain areas where there is still inefficiencies now for instance uh, while you know ukraine talks about cryptocurrency but i perhaps would like to bring up the case of stable coins uh, which cryptocurrencies have always been unpopular because of the volatility in the prices now to deal with that you have the emergence of stable coins which are where the value is pegged to some sort of an asset for instance say a fiat currency and that is why there is some amount of stability in that prices now globally various central banks have recognized that stable currency stable coins can perhaps be a good way to facilitate cross border payments because of the efficiencies it may bring and and also we understand that currently cross border payments are very inefficient there are too many intermediaries so looking at the growth of these stable coins and cryptocurrencies and the potential that it brings for is sort of bringing in efficiencies we have central banks actually now seriously thinking about introducing what we are now calling a central bank digital currency so definitely stable coins cryptocurrencies are a wake up call for central banks to start innovating and thinking what lies beyond perhaps uh, looking at digital payments perhaps look at a digital version of the fiat currency so if we were to digress for one minute uh, 
you said that uh, crypto is also a wake up call to make central banks think about digital versions of their currency the rbi has announced that they are working on a digital rupee the prime the finance minister announced it the prime minister endorsed the suggestion uh, how do you see this ecosystem playing out uh, with fiat currencies that are now digital uh, fiat currencies which continue to remain physical and cryptocurrencies of various types uh, which may be regulated uh, but remain non fiat in that sense how do you see this playing with each other if you had a crystal ball sure so obviously i think the way i would see right now i see an ecosystem where obviously the central bank digital currency can coexist with cryptos and stable coins now one has to look at the use cases cryptos no matter at least the way it is the way it is still evolving no matter how much it tries it will still not be able to reach a scale that will perhaps give a sort of a competition or a threat to the fiat currency or to the existing payment ecosystem but definitely they can make a contribution in those places where there is inefficiencies where perhaps it has been difficult for traditional players or even for central banks to go like for instance cross border payments but at the same time i do think that their their ecosystem i mean both stable coins cryptocurrencies and cbdcs can coexist in a manner with each one having a different use case and i think making more efficient payments is what perhaps the goal is what we are looking at that's right and i think the ukraine is a wake up call for the whole world and for central banks particularly uh, and those who work on payment systems that it's time as shena said to not allow this market to remain reckless but bring it in uh, capitalize on its advantages and ensure that its basic design which is that of being a public ledger where there is transparency that is embedded its basic design is made use of in ensuring that uh, that that the nefarious effects of crypto in terms of secrecy and what all can go on in the shadows are weeded out so i think that's really the lesson that's coming out that bring it in regulate it uh, but that i think is a good segue to what next for crypto in india because india's policy response to crypto has been somewhat curious because it initially from my reading sought to ban crypto asset assets and now seems to be moving towards regulation there was a bill that was floated the cryptocurrency and regulation of official digital currency bill which was intended to be introduced but has not been introduced but the budget made an announcement to tax cryptocurrency the rbi perhaps has been the most consistent in this that it has maintained that trading of crypto assets whether currency or any other assets should be legal in all forms and that has been at least a a clear position that has been taken but otherwise if you take the entire policy ecosystem it seems to be a lack of policy clarity 101 where one arm is saying we are going to tax crypto someone else is going to say ban crypto and there are always calls to say that we'll regulate crypto so what is happening and how does this regulatory framework look like developing or i can't even call it a regulatory framework but how does this framework on how we think about crypto uh, look like developing in the next year 
Sure. Uh, I think, yes, you're right to the extent that I think for India, there has been a lot of uncertainty in terms of how crypto assets will be regulated. The tax aspect obviously is a welcome move to the extent it clarified the taxation of crypto assets. But I think the, the flip-flop that the government is sort of doing in so far as their cryptocurrency policy position is concerned has brought in more uncertainty for businesses. And I think putting investors at a, at a lot at a risk and as you had already mentioned, India perhaps is one of the countries with a huge customer base. And we have seen the markets have risen exponentially in the last couple of years, because of which I think it's extremely important that we sort of adopt a framework to regulate cryptocurrencies. Now, what is happening globally is that it's obviously very, it, the way the cryptocurrency market evolves, there are various entities, there is no underlying asset here. And it's very different from how currently the financial market or financial regulatory architecture operates. So I think it's important, at least in the first, first rung or first phase of regulation that we are looking at, that we need to regulate these gatekeepers or intermediaries, that is your exchanges. Globally, you have standard setting bodies which have recommended time and again that you need to have anti-money laundering frameworks for cryptocurrency uh, related transactions and somehow India has not been able to implement it. So I think this is definitely a very important or an important moment for India that we set out the policy position uh, for cryptocurrency and I'm hoping this is what the government will perhaps try and do in, the, in, in, in a bill uh, to regulate the sector. So Shainaz, you have written a, a great paper as an on cryptocurrency regulation in India, arguing that it should be regulated and not be banned. And you said that in phase one, the regulation should be of the exchanges. So can you get into a little bit of detail, uh, particularly on two points, as in one is that, what does the ecosystem look like in terms of uh, how many exchanges are there and do all transactions happen through exchanges or are there peer-to-peer -peer transactions as well, number one. And when you say regulate, uh, regulate in what way? I think these are, these are two questions that come up. Sure. Uh, so yes, uh, currently the way the transactions happen is that you have you have a centralized exchange, which is you know you, there are a couple of exchanges around uh, fifteen to twenty exchanges, well-known exchanges in India that exist, uh, which allow centralized, which provides a centralized platform where buyers and uh, sellers can come and trade. There are also exchanges which allow peer-to-peer -peer transfers, but at the same time there is still a platform there. So most of these happens through a centralized exchanges. So in the framework that we had suggested in our report, what we say is that you need to bring in this gatekeepers, uh, intermediaries into your regulatory framework, which is your exchanges. Then there are also intermediaries which provide you services like custody services, custody, custody services to hold your private keys. Um, there are intermediaries which perhaps also provide you investment advice. So these are the intermediate financial intermediaries where which needs to be regulated in the first round, in the first phase is what we argue. The second thing that we also look at is also the possibility of regulating uh, the issuers of certain types of crypto assets, which is perhaps something like a stable coin. Now, the problem is that in India, we have all tried to pigeonhole or categorize crypto assets under one as a one type of asset class. So that is why there has always been a debate, whether it's a security, whether it's a commodity. But when you look at the nature of crypto assets, it's very difficult to categorize them into one asset class. So what 
what we have suggested is that you need to think of it as a separate asset class. You need to have a new regulatory framework, a bespoke law for crypto assets. You need to regulate uh, your intermediaries. You need to think about regulating certain issuers. And you, you need to rely on the expertise of both the securities and exchange uh, regulator in India, as well as the Reserve Bank of India, with SEBI remaining responsible for market conduct regulation and RBI remaining responsible for prudential regulation. So I think that what you what you've laid out is very comprehensive. So regulate the exchanges in terms of ensuring transparency of what all goes on in the exchanges themselves, all the transactions that take place. And also in terms of don't try and think about making it or comparing it to existing things, but recognize that it is something new. Uh, but given that, do you see that this current um, uncertainty that exists, is it just a traditional governmental mindset of being afraid of something new? Or is there also some truth to the fact that uh, crypto is used for certain nefarious activities uh, whether it be money laundering, uh, whether it be drug trafficking, uh, uh, or in some sense, is crypto the new hawala? Yeah. No, I think there are definitely good reasons as to why the government perhaps has not been very proactive in going and starting to regulate it. There are there are there is evidence of how cryptocurrencies are used for various nefarious activities, as you have pointed out. But I think that is all the more reason why perhaps you need to regulate it. And India is perhaps not just the only country. I mean, globally also, you have regulators which are still trying to grapple and understand the nuances of it. I think what is happening essentially is that right now, most regulators are trying to still understand how the market is evolving and they don't want to perhaps take a position on this for the fear of legitimizing that entire crypto ecosystem. And I think that's where the problem arises. For the fear of legitimizing, we are perhaps allowing the growth of, a, of an economy, of a crypto economy, which perhaps tomorrow might reach a stage where it will even be difficult to regulate it. Yeah, so I think this is the always the traditional tale that uh, no point in getting into it after it's become so big that you can't do anything about it. You get into it and understand it first and then you can take a call. So uh, my last set of questions is around the impact of crypto on small traders and small investors. A survey conducted by NORC in the US found that the average cryptocurrency trader is under 40 does not have a college degree, that's 55% of them don't have a college degree, and over a third have household incomes under $60,000 annually. Okay, So you are talking of people who are nowhere near the top of the pyramid, Okay, who are using this. At the same time, as we have seen, anyone who watches any kind of television in India or is on YouTube for any length of time will find that crypto exchanges in India are on an advertising overdrive, Okay, whether it be during the T20 World Cup, uh, or in any other major sporting event. Uh, now I see that there are those statutory warnings that also seem to come when crypto advertisements are, are issued. Now, given the fact that there is a huge rise of interest in crypto, and a lot of our listeners would perhaps be weighing their options after this, uh, listening to this as to whether to get in there or not, 
what is the impact of crypto on on small citizen investors and traders at this point of time in india do you think that it's wise to get in wait for wait for things to evolve and just to caveat that whatever you say here will not count as legal advice sure uh, so i think it's important that people invest in this asset class uh, with full information right now i think a lot of people are getting into this ecosystem if i may use the word i mean just for the fear of missing out uh, people lot of people think that perhaps it is easy to make quick money using cryptocurrencies and i think that perhaps is a very wrong way to look at it and i think this is also the reason why it has become very important that there is full disclosure of the kind of risks that comes with crypto assets now one cannot think about crypto assets as investments in shares or securities market which is highly regulated so before i think what i perhaps would like to say is that for anyone who's trying to understand or get into the ecosystem it's important to understand how uh, which currency which crypto coin to invest in how it has performed in the last couple of uh, years or last couple of months also uh, be aware of the fact that you know when you need to liquidate your positions also be aware of the fact that you this is a speculative asset so it is very important to keep i think these considerations in mind when one is investing in this particular sector i think that makes a lot of sense because i myself was thinking about it because some of these exchanges are actually very easy to use uh, you can you can log in immediately put a small amount of money and and see what happens and i think that's how they're trying to lure you in uh but as with any investment i think uh, shrenas has some words of wisdom for everybody that we need full information uh as to what it can or cannot get uh, can or can or cannot bring us and uh, there are no shortcuts to easy money so if it's only about getting rich fast uh, then perhaps crypto is as good as the share market which is as good as working hard on whatever you're doing uh thanks very much shrenas this has been this has been a really wide ranging talk right from ukraine to the reserve bank of india i think there is a uh, crypto is a reality i think it's better that we recognize this reality and regulate it rather than leave it out there in the cold uh, till it becomes too big and then we don't know what we have created uh thank you so so much anas for for sharing your thoughts on this issue with us thank you so much i'll go it's a pleasure speaking to you Last week's clatter question was about the connection between section 54 of the NDPS Act and the construction of a reservoir leading to the flooding of a coal mine. We weren't really flooded with answers. It seemed like it was a little tough for everybody. Uh, but the answer is strict liability. Section 54 of the NDPS Act has strict liability and the famous case of a reservoir leading to the flooding of a coal mine is of course Rylands v Fletcher. Let's hope that we get right answers next time i'm going to say more right answers but let's hope we get some right answers next time and particularly for our law students do put your thinking caps on a very exciting gift awaits today's question because of the episode is on the origins of the technology underlying cryptocurrency cryptocurrency is secured through cryptography and some of the cryptography used in cryptocurrency was developed for the use of the military the government of the us tried to put restrictions on cryptography similar to some of those restrictions imposed on weapons in this respect a civilian tried to secure the right to use cryptography through seminal litigation 
what was the judgment and what was the primary legal ground on which it is based, which will get you some extra points. Do write in with your answers to justify at vidhilegalpolicy.in. All right answers have a chance to win a very special gift. And since this episode was about cryptocurrency, the song today is dedicated to my mother because it's one of her favorites, Money, Money, Money by ABBA. Enjoy listening to it. Adjourn. listening to this podcast follow us on twitter at vidhi underscore india for regular updates we are on soundcloud and spotify as vidhi center for legal policies podcast you can also listen to us on google podcasts or itunes email us at justify at vidhi legal policy dot in to share your comments and feedback on this episode